2: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
0: Yeah, Digitex does that.
2: D-I-G-I-T-E-X C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chet
1: and an escort and Cam Moon again with you this afternoon. Moon's hitting the road tomorrow, so it's just you and I to wrap up the week as Bob enjoys another week of vacation. Should mention as well, typically on a Thursday, you would be hearing from Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network, but like most of the hockey world, enjoying some time off. Uh, his appearances, though, brought to you by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in solar electrical installation and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. The Elks are in action tonight on the West Coast. It is the first road game of the year, and maybe a little, you hear often about home cooking. I wonder whether some road cooking might do this team a favor. After laying a couple of eggs on the brick field, we welcome back in color analyst of the Elks on 630 Shed. That is Dave Campbell joining us from the West
0: Coast. Dave,
1: how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well, and isn't that the old moniker in sports? If you're not winning on the road, it's always good to go home. If you're not winning at home, it's always good to go on the road. So here we are. So I guess it's good that the Elks are on the road, but proof will be in the pudding.
1: Yeah, we don't necessarily know directly what to expect from this group, but in years past, when you see these football teams go out on the road, I know that hockey teams will often try and simplify the game and, and just try and get in and get out and get a, you know, a particular style of win, if you will. Do you believe the same of football teams in instances like this?
0: You know, I, I think the road gives uh, teams a chance in general to bond a little bit more. I think you just get away from the, you know, the the, the, the other pressures or the other factors at home. Um, you know, I, I think it's fun in football to go into a, a home park uh, or into a visiting park and trying to shut the, the crowd up and uh, take them out of the game. So, i think with this group i think we're still trying to get to to know them i think we're still trying to figure out their specific identity um you know and they just need a win you know that, that's just the main thing but you know football road trips are a lot different because you know you, you're only here for one night usually unless you go you know to the east and maybe a, a squeeze in an extra night just because you want your your players to get more accustomed to the uh, to, to the time change but um, I think in football it's very important you're a good road team and uh, you know it's been said before in the past uh, that if you're you want to host a playoff game you got to win most of your home games and you got to win maybe half your road games well the elks are in a bit of a hole here because they've lost two of their seven home games already so they're in a bit of scratch ramble mode so uh, we'll see what happens tonight and if uh, if they can play more of a more of a calmer simpler game tonight
2: dave the elks uh, they moved the ball in that first game just couldn't get touchdowns didn't move the ball maybe as good in the second game as far as the offense goes do you expect a different look what do you expect on that offense to change to make it a little more successful
0: it's weird, isn't it? Because the, they move the ball really well. I mean, they're second in the league in, in net yards offense in the first two games. and uh, But you know, their red zone production has been not very good. They're one for six, and that one came in garbage time against the Alouettes. So they've had two good first drives in in the first uh, two games of the season. And then after that, it just seems like it's been a real struggle. So I think there's some factors here, uh, Cam. I think you look at their offensive line, uh, tonight will be their third different alignment from the, from the tackle position. So Kyle Saxlet is back at left tackle, and he didn't play very much as far as starts go. He was more their sixth alignment in 2019, but the, you know, the ceiling's pretty high for him. Justin Renfro, who played left tackle last week, will go back to right tackle, or uh, Steven Nielsen, the global player. Uh, he uh, he played and you know I think he like Renfro kind of kind of struggled a bit. So Renfro's gonna go back to his more natural side. We'll see what Saxlid is able to uh you know how he'll perform at left tackle. And then I think uh, I think as well it, you know the the receivers and the quarterback have to get on the same page There's so there's last week especially there was a lot of times where or not a lot of times but there was occasions where a receiver will look back at trevor harris trevor harris will look back at the receiver and you get the arms outstretched like well that wasn't supposed to happen um and i think you know i think it affects the play caller too and i think jamie alizondo can do a better job of, of scheming up uh things in certain situations that's a hard one to evaluate because i don't know exactly what he's calling but uh, i think it's been everything it's been the quarterback not exactly confident at certain times. I think it's receivers not doing their job. I don't think it's the O-line protecting as well. Um, and I think it's uh, it's just, you know, they, they got to stop letting the uh, tough moments really cave them mentally. And I think that's what happened against the Alouettes. It's like, oh, we settled for a field goal on our first drive when we should have put the ball in the end zone. And then I think it was a real mental struggle after that. <laughs>
1: Uh, Assess the week of practice for us, Dave. I mean, there's got to be some movement in terms of how they're trying to get these guys on the same page, especially when you figure that this is a team coming into the season with the familiarity of Harris and Ellingson and the, the familiarity of those two with Jamie Elizondo. And it, I mean, on paper, I guess, is coming together as Harris leads the league in passing yards, but it's not materializing into anything. So is there anything at practice this week that leads you to believe that things might be on the upswing?
0: I think it just looked a lot more crisp and maybe the the players on offense, the receivers and the quarterback and everybody maybe it looked a little more comfortable, looked a little more fluid and this is a weird week too because it's a short week so there wasn't a lot of practice time on monday they came back for a short uh walk through and a a shorter practice session that was only about 45 minutes and then they had a regular practice on tuesday Uh, but you know talking to trevor harris after and talking to uh, jamie elizondo and, and and a couple of the other offensive players it's i mean they know what's going on they just it's the details that are that are not really on the same page but when it looks it looks good in practice but it's for some reason not translating onto the field and you know you you could maybe argue that okay now they've had their first two preseason games you know they have to treat treat it that way because they didn't have preseason games and now maybe they're you know they're they're going to be a lot more comfortable tonight i don't know it's it's a 14 game season so that's that's a little you know hard to evaluate you just know the games are going to be a lot more uh more pressure and there's going to be more emphasis on these games but you know i i think I, i saw a very very confident and very excited trevor harris that he said this is finally Feeling like it should. And you're right. I mean, there, there's so much talent on this team. Greg Ellingson's production has been surprising. Uh, Darrell Walker's uh, had a good year so far, third in the league in receiving yards, but a lot of that is from yards after catch. And, you know, he's only being targeted just under nine yards per attempt. So that's a little surprising for Darrell Walker. But it just shows you that you can't just slap good pieces together there needs to be cohesion especially on offense because there's so much synchronicity to it and um, you know so we'll see tonight uh, you know sometimes in a short week you know rest and recovery that's an issue but it is more of a mental type week instead of a physical type week and the fact that they lost last week it might be good they just go back out there and play and and they don't think as much
2: on the defensive side of the ball have they been a little bit better than you expected going into the season because they, they've looked pretty good
0: Yeah, I I think they have, Cam. I I think it's been a a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Now, in, in the first week, I mean, it's unusual. You hold a team to 71 passing yards, and what, just over 130 yards of offense last week was a little more humbling just because i felt the the front four pressure wasn't there as much i thought the linebackers got a little bit uh uh, of a rough education especially in the run defense because uh one thing the alouettes did well with william Standback, those linemen uh offensive linemen of the alouettes they fired off and got to second level to the linebackers uh, with some relative ease so that has to change uh tonight so uh, it's going to be tougher because Kweku Boateng won't play tonight. We don't know how long he'll be out beyond this game. He's in COVID protocol right now, and that all depends on, you know, what the test results come back. Uh, but, you know, you look at their secondary, and I think that's, the, that's a real improvement. We're, for years, I have said, and a lot of people said, this is the weakest part of the team. I think it's a strength uh, of this team right now. And they're number one in the pass, uh, pass defense, uh, only allowing 141 yards through the first two games against uh, a, a passing attack in the Lions led by Michael Riley, who are number one in the league in, uh, in passing yards. So that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. But yeah, I think overall, uh, I, I don't think that they're a, a necessarily uh, overly sound unit yet, but they've been uh, been able to make some plays. The one thing they want to do better, and Aaron Grimes told me this earlier in the week, we need to create more turnovers, and that's that's uh, what they're going to focus on as well. Is you know trying to get the ball, flip the field for their offense, and and they, they feel if they can do that, they'll take another step.
1: So I look at the defensive back situation, Dave. Of course, uh, Aaron Grimes coming back over from BC with a uh, torn ACL that doesn't look like it ever happened. He's been uh, pretty good so far in these couple of weeks. Jonathan Mincy, another defensive back on this team. I mean, where have the improvements been? And I ask this because Jordan Hoover isn't, uh, you know, the incumbent starter is not playing and Scott Hutter hurts his knees. So Eric Blake is working the free safety position. And and yet you're still saying that the defensive secondary has, has had improvements so I'd like some thoughts on that
0: well uh, we'll start with safety Whoever's uh, going to start tonight they actually took over for Blake partway through the game last week because Blake had a tough tough day I think against Vernon Adams in that passing attack but where I think the difference has been uh, Brendan is on the corners you have Jonathan Mincy playing that weak side uh, short side of the field and you have Jonathan Rose playing the wide side um, I think that's been a real difference I think Mincy has been tremendous so far through the first two games and i think the the play of aaron grimes now i think moving him to the wide side of the field the, the the strong side of the field at halfback i think it's just a better fit for him that's when he had his most success here in uh here in edmonton uh in 14 15 uh, you know give him more room to work you know give him a chance to use that great closing speed he's he's not as close to the football and i think he doesn't have to be because he can read the play so well and he can he can do a good job of closing on a receiver and, and limiting a gain or breaking up a pass and, you know, hopefully down the road, get an interception or two. So I think that's been a real positive, uh, you know, no Thorpe has always been very sound as uh, as I know he's a defensive coordinator of the Elks. He's also the defensive backs coach and uh, he's always been able to find, uh, you know, ways to make a uh, secondary, very, very sound. Uh, you know, tonight we'll, we'll see what happens. Cause on the, on the, Weak side of the field, which is the short side, you got Jonathan Mincy up against Lucky Whitehead, who is the number one receiver in the league through the first two games. And then the matchup, I think you really want to watch. is is brian burnham who's second in the league uh, up against tremaine washington who's the halfback and burnham i mean he's averaging 19.2 yards per catch and also about 18 yards depth of attempt so there's a lot of big plays going to brian burnham right now so that's an area we're going to watch
2: looks like james wilder jr has uh, really picked up where he left off <laughs> <laughs> prior to coming to Edmonton first two games real solid uh, how much has that helped him
0: well it's helped immensely he's come in as advertised I think this looks more like the 2017 James Wilder than what we saw in 18 and 19 in, in Toronto with the Argos and uh, I think his ability to catch the ball is uh, I think is another uh, factor that has made him successful so um that's the disappointing part too about this guys is, is their offense sputtering so much as they like they have in the red zone and 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 not being able to score many offensive points mostly off the foot of Sean White is you're kind of wasting the effort that you know you're you're run blocking so well you're establishing the physical tone especially early they're being very consistent in how much they go to Wilder I mean there were there, there, there's opportunities in the game last week where you know you're now by 10 points or two scores and, um, or two touchdowns and a lot of. Offensive coordinators would dump the run, but Jamie Elizondo is staying committed with the run to James Wilder. So, um, you know, you gotta love the, uh, you gotta love what you see out of him. I mean, he's averaging close to six yards per carry right now. So everything you need from the run game from James Wilder, we're seeing. It's just they got to reward themselves and uh, and become a much better, dangerous team as far as putting the ball in the end zone because this is the type of run production you want from an offense, and everything else has to come together now.
1: Do you think at this point, a couple of years removed from Michael Riley leaving Edmonton to go with Ed Hervey out to BC, do you think that there's any sort of residual, you know, that this game means a little bit more to Riley or to the Elks franchise because of the matchup against their former star?
0: I don't think so. I think in 19, it was, it was for sure, just because of Riley leaving. And, you know, we, I think we all remember the hype leading up to his return and you know Armando Sewell was uh was a part of uh, Edmonton then and you know he said I love Michael Riley but I'm I'm out to stop and I'm out to hit and hurt Michael Riley and 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 make him feel uh you know make him feel like this is going to be a tough night I don't sense that the rivalry is is there um I mean I think we know why Mike Riley left Michael Riley left because you know a lot of it was You know he's got a comfortable situation here with his family and uh it's just a better fit for him to be here and you know he he's obviously started his career with the lions and he's going to finish his career at the lions so and there's so much change here in edmonton you know I mean, I had, I had uh, Michael Riley on Inside Sports earlier this week, and he talked about the name change and he likes the branding. But, you know, I think that takes a little bit of the luster off as well. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't think it's quite there anymore. I think it's just the BC Lions at one and one against the O2 Edmonton Elks. Dave,
2: how good is it to be back in the booth? to be at games games with people after missing last season i know going to the games as a fan the first couple felt so wonderful because it's been gone for a couple (laughs) of years it it's got from a from a broadcast point of view uh, i'm guessing it has to be extremely special to get the opportunity to work on these right now
0: oh cam like you just you just said it so eloquently and I, I can't wait for this feeling for you uh when you uh when you start the hockey season again um it it's special and i remember driving to the stadium even before that like just to lead up to the to the opener on august 7th like it was just so excited i was also nervous it's probably as much nerves as i felt it then you know as much as uh nerves i felt you know i think about my first game i ever called uh in 2006 in in regina but it was different because it was so exciting so you know the 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 lead up to leaving for the stadium the drive over the walk over i mean things are different now because you know we got some protocols we have to adhere to with the you know, being a member of the media, you know, you got a mask and, you know, basically in the press box and in the booth, except when you're, you know, when you're sitting down and preparing or when you're calling a game. And then getting on the flight yesterday was, uh, again, one of those things where I was going, I don't know how this is going to feel. I'm a little nervous about this. So, you know, the airport was, you know, not as busy uh, as it would be, you know, pre-pandemic, but everything was pretty much, normal, except for the masking, the masking on the plane. And here I am in the hotel and I have probably, you know, ordered more food than I ever have in a hotel instead of, <laughs> you know, going out to eat somewhere because, you know, we're kind of under some protocols there as well. But uh, um, it, it's just, it's fun. It's, it's just fun to, to, to be here in another city and to call a game in another stadium. And uh, you know, like you compare it to last year and how painful that was not to have a season. Um, like it's just a complete 180 and a and just pure joy right now, even though it is somewhat different. but you know, the fact that we get to call a game the way it should be called. Um, I think it's pretty exciting And just a couple days removed I think I saw it was actually Your Facebook memory If, if memory
1: serves From uh, the yesterday last year When things got cancelled officially And just the heartbreak yeah. and, You know the turmoil And that sort of thing and, and we talked on Inside Sports last night It didn't even necessarily Come with a guarantee That we would be at this point So you know? uh, excited to hear you On the call tonight Dave Thanks again for taking some time This afternoon And uh, enjoy the rest of what Vancouver has in store for you
0: Thank you, fellas. Appreciate it. Absolutely.
1: Dave Campbell, 6 o'clock tonight with the countdown to kickoff. Ian Morley-Scott. I believe Blake Dermott's still on the road broadcast this year. And uh, then an 8 p.m. kickoff right here on your radio. Be sure to tune in. We'll wrap up, Oilers, now after this. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon here with you. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Listen, Cam, the Texan pizza is excellent. The Texans football team... Uh, I, Not so much. I, I couldn't even articulate everything mm. that's gone wrong with them in the last two years, so it's been tough trying to disassociate, but uh, two of my favorite players on the team went to the Arizona Cardinals. That made it a pretty pretty easy leap over. <laughs> This Day in Oilers History, brought to you by New West Travel. On September 17th, you can travel a private WestJet Charter round trip to Vancouver with an open bar. Just one ninety nine. Details at newwesttravel.com. On this day in 1982, after three seasons in orange and blue, the Oilers trade defenseman Risto Silton to Hartford, For Kenny the Rat, Linsman, and Don Knockbauer. Linsman spent two seasons in Edmonton, scoring 75 and then 67 points, while Nockbauer played just four games with the Oilers. Do you remember watching Kenny the Rat? Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, He was... I loved him when he was with the Oilers. Really didn't like him very much when he was in Philadelphia because he was a tremendous pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that... Oh, Totally remember him. I remember Risto Siltanen as well. And I Don Nockbar uh, coached in the WHL for years and years. Really? And now he is off to, uh, to go to the Stockton Heat, I believe, as uh, an assistant coach. Interesting. Yeah, this yeah.
1: day in Oilers history, a little more current than we may have anticipated. It's brought to you by New West Travel. Experience that great holiday down to Vancouver on a private jet. Uh, September 17th is the day you depart. Round trip travel with open bar, just one ninety nine. Details at newwesttravel.com. Well, you know already that the Elks... And Lions are coming up live tonight on 6.30. Ched, your countdown to kickoff with Dave and Morley, it begins at 6 and then game time just after 8 o'clock. I'm going to miss you tomorrow. Uh, I won't be the same. I'll be back. Remember, later next week, I'll I'll come join you. Cam's heading back to my neck of the woods in the BC interior, I believe. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be smoky. Good luck. I hear that yeah. it, it's actually substantially yeah. better there these last few days. So, fortunately, my family's all okay. Thank goodness for that. Up next, we've got a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Angela Cocott from two to three, and then six thirty chat afternoons with guest host Ted Henley. I'm back tomorrow to wrap up the week. Thank you, as always, for texting in, contributing today, and so long from the six thirty chat studios. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon.